Welcome back. Welcome back, family. I'm your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me today. Whatever force, person contributed to you being here, I just want to take a moment to honor that and say thank you. Um, this is episode six. So this is part two of a three-part conversation that we're having in regards to the inner child and these other spaces within us that can dictate and determine where our life goes, how our life unfolds. And in part one, we kind of talked about more of the, um, the lessons and how they're repeating each other, but unconsciously we're subscribing to a lesson. We're constantly subscribing to it. We're subscribing to a belief that we don't even know. It's like, these subscriptions that we have and it's not till we check our bank statements i'm like oh shit so and so is still charging me ten dollars a month for the subscription that i didn't even know was still running so it's the same thing you know we're checking in we're seeing which subscriptions do we have running to certain ideas and beliefs that we didn't even know were, were playing out so if you join me in part one thank you so much for being here for part two um and if you haven't listened to part one please please dive into it and and join us in this conversation as well and and if you're in these spaces and you're confirming this for yourself i'm so glad that you're here um if you know people that are doing the same and even if you're in a relationship right like and you're decoding this and you're understanding these things for yourself invite invite these conversations into your partnership because the amount of depth that is untapped in our relationships is so much you know we can invite these kind of conversations in and really open up that dialogue and say well you know babe you kind of remind me of my dad and babe you kind of remind me of my mom and having that conversation and seeing like hey where are these forces kind of led us to each other and seeing like yo if are we really meant to be here with each other you know and if not then that's okay at least we know Right. And it's like, at least we know for ourselves and it's about becoming conscious creators of our world, about of our reality. And I think I think that's what we're each um, here for, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for part two, you know, where we left off from last episode on Dragon Ball Z. Um, but in, in this episode, we're, we're kind of talking, we're taking that conversation a little more deeper. Right. We're seeing these so we're seeing the family structure that resides inside so there's a family structure that's out there and that's kind of what we talked about in part one about 
this family structure that we're constantly recreating because it's home for us. But another layer of that is this intimate family structure that is kind of the mission here, what we've actually came here to do. And one of my teachers says that you are the mission. So what does that really mean? So we're going to really get into what the mission really is when it comes to the inner child, the internal world, and the mother and father principle force that kind of resides in here and how that structure is actually broken. And that there, in some, there's the father, but there's no mother. And some, there's the mother, but there's no father. There's still the child there, but the child is being raised by a single parent. So kind of going into that a bit more and kind of diving into um, how to mend that, you know, how to start to reconstruct the family structure and call daddy back home or call mommy back home and, and give the inner child what it really needs so that it can really rise, right? Rise as its true form and, and actualize its actual potential. So, so yeah, let's, let's, let's get into it. So I want to begin by kind of looking at the stories that continue to play out in terms of animation series that we love, Disney movies that we grew up enjoying, and seeing what these stories are really telling us, what what these stories are really revealing to us about ourselves. Because as children, we have this deep attraction to them. But these stories, like in ancient times and the ancient world, these stories were always about us. Like the ancestors had a way to tell you a story with a character, a protagonist, an antagonist, a, a villain, a hero, the the plot, the setting, everything. And a way in, in a way to share this story with us orally, right? And around the campfire and all of what they were describing in that story was about us. And they've created this whole drama, all of these characters, only to reveal what's happening inside of us. And as children, we're like, oh my God, I love this story. Oh my goodness. It's not till later on that we grow up and was like, oh shit, that story was about me. I was the hero. I was the villain. I was the plot. I was the setting. I was like all these things we start we start to be able to see it a bit more. So that tradition has never been lost, even though in a way we, we've lost that connection to the elders. We've lost that, that way of life to be able to sit at the campfire and talk to the elders and to allow them to be that library for us, for us to learn more about ourselves through them and through their experiences. In a way, now it's transformed and taken on a new form with movies and animations and you know, series and comic books, it's the same thing that's happening. It hasn't really changed much, but it's just transformed and adapted to the age that we're in. Some of these stories that we really hold on to, they're all the same story playing out in different forms because each culture has a different way of expressing the same story. There is this other story about these two lovers and we see it in Sleeping Beauty. We see it in uh, The Little Mermaid. We see it in Cinderella, uh, Rapunzel, 
we see it in Tangled. Like the story keeps playing out in different forms, but it's the same story. And it's a story about there is the sleeping beauty or this beautiful princess, this queen that's trapped in something. It's a dungeon, it's a castle, and she is calling for her shining knight to come and rescue her. And the knight realizes this calling and goes through the forest, fights with his sword of truth and slays the demons, goes through the darkest of forest and makes it to the castle, slays the dragon, and then finally is able to rescue his sleeping beauty or his princess from this castle. You know, Shrek did it. Um, him and Donkey went through the same travel. And then you have Sleeping Beauty where she's waiting for a kiss from her one true love. You know, everybody tries to give her some of that sugar, but they don't wake her up. So these stories, they're pointing us to something. And we can see that these stories are representations of our, our own inner drama that's happening, right? And these stories are rep representing that, but they're showing us that don't externalize what's happening here. It's an internal, it's an internal dilemma. It's an internal uh, mystery that you have to uncover. The sleeping beauty can be seen as the soul and it lays in this castle, this dungeon, because it, it can seem as a castle, but in a way that the sleeping beauty is trapped and it's confined. And in that way, it's the same for the soul. It lives kind of like in a dungeon and the dungeon can be seen as a body. And in that dungeon, it can only see the world from the window and which are these eyes. And from that, these are, these are the only things that it can see, but it's so expansive, but it's confined. And it's waiting for this other principle, this other force to come in and free it from its dungeon, to free it from, from its captivity. So that's one way to see it. But another way to see it is there's a feminine force and then there's a masculine force. And that force needs to be brought together in some way. But it's showing that they are not together. They're kind of separated through everything that we've been like we talked about accumulating through our experiences we're picking up all these things and in a way the more we pick up the more we think we know the more we're learning from this society and these cultures we're starting to split and split and split and split more from the truth from the truth of who we are because in a way it's like we're in the garden of eden we're coming from the garden of eden you know, the child is in the garden and the more it starts to eat from the fruit of good and evil, which is the world, which is the knowledge about uh, don't eat that and eat this and don't talk to him, talk to him, don't act like that, act like this. That is the knowledge of good and evil. So the more the child starts to eat from that, the more it starts to leave from the garden. It starts to, it starts to divert or uh, digress from the truth that it knows. So in that, there's a splitting that's happening to where one force is going this way and another force is going that way. 
we come to a space with ourselves where we realize like, damn, yo, I'm not, all of me isn't here. All of me isn't present. There is a feminine principle that really isn't present in a lot of men. And then there's a masculine, there's a masculine principle that isn't present in a lot of women. And it's happened because there are certain experiences that we have to where it leads us to break off from it. So if my mother rejected me or my mother really smothered me or she was really controlling and all of these things, it, it, it gave me an impression about who women are and what that energy means. And for me, that was my only representation of it, my first representation of it. And I'm like, whoa, like, ugh. and I push that to the side and it happens inside. So I push it to the side. I'm like, nah, I don't want anything to do with this. And for the women, it's different. They have a certain relationship with the father and there are qualities in the father that they learn to dislike, that they learn to have a distaste for it. And in that, they push it to the side. They're like, no, I don't, this has only brought me pain. All of these aspects, all these attributes of masculinity have only brought me pain. So I'm going to reject this. But in, but it's not happening consciously. Nobody's thinking this. What happened is it's unconsciously is the child in a way, it kind of starts to reject these forces. So it's happening all internally. So the child rejects these forces and it grows up learning to bond or, or attach itself only to one primarily. So men grow up very logical, very, uh, very analytical, but you see there's no feminine, nurturing, compassionate energy about them. And women grow very compassionate, very nurturing, very big hearted, very flow, like, you know, able to dance with time and just flow into every space, but there's no structure in their life. There's no, there's no analytical mind. There's no logic operating. It's all, it's all intuition, but intuition always needs to be accompanied with logic and reason because that's the balance and, and logic and reason needs to be accompanied with the heart needs to be accompanied with um, understanding and that feminine presence to nurture this wisdom, to nurture this knowledge into wisdom by simplifying it. So you can see that some men are very in the mind. They don't, they seem to not even have a heart. And then you see some women are very in the heart, but there's no, there's no structure to how they love. There's no, there's no balance to their love. It's all open, meaning everyone has access to me. But in the balance, you realize that, yes, I can have an open heart, but not everyone gets access to me in that way. Then, then you start to bring in the boundaries and you start to say, okay, this is meant for me. This is not meant for me. So it's, it's that balance. But what has led us to not be balanced in that way to where these two forces are married and they, they instruct us and they, they instruct us and they lead us and they guide us rather than having one leading us. And then it's holding both spaces. So the man is trying to be both the, the woman and his, himself. And then you have the woman trying to be both the man and herself. What happens is we're, we burn out every fucking time. In our relationships, we burn out. In our, um, in our jobs, we burn out because we're holding too many spaces at once. And parts of ourselves aren't in their designated space. 
So these stories are leading us to look at ourselves and say, where is the masculinity within me and how does it move and navigate and how does it operate and how does it express itself? Can I find that? And if I can't, if I can't pin it down, if I can't look at it and see how it moves and expresses itself through me, then it means on some level, I've actually completely rejected this. And then for men, it's like, yo, where does the feminine principle come into your life? How do you nurture your relationships? How do you, how do you move with your heart? Where are your feminine aspects expressed? And how do they express themselves? Can you spot that? Can you, can you see that? Or is it completely, is it completely rejected? Do you allow yourself to cry? How, how do you feel about your emotions and feelings? Is it something you reject or do you just jump right to the logic and reason? These are important questions to ask ourselves because if there's not a balance, then it means in some of our experiences, we've devalued one over the other. So in the masculine, we've overvalued logic and reason, analytics, and and then in the feminine, we've rejected and neglected another one and overvalued the ability to flow, the ability to be in the heart, the ability to nurture, the ability to be an empath and have compassion over structure, logic, um, reason, and, and the, the, the value in the mind, you know? So it's about looking into our experiences with our, like I said, with our parents, because our experience with our parents is where these things stem from. Our experience with our parents determines how we feel about these aspects of ourselves. So if we can mend those relationships with our parents, then we can form new relationships with these aspects of ourselves because now we're not we're not seeing them in their wounded aspect because how my mother moved was in her wounded aspect but if i see her and start choose to start seeing her her fullness in what she really is not this small part which i've taken on as the totality of her but seeing her in her fullness what happens is I'll start to see my own feminine principle in its fullness and see how it expresses itself through me, but see how it's it's been inviting me to allow it to express itself. Like, hey, like, you know, let me show you how to be in your heart. Let me show you how to dance. Let me show you how to flow with life. You know, it's been calling me, but now I've been able to develop that relationship. But especially in men, what we do with the feminine principle is we suppress its voice. We tuck it under we beat it you know we say Shh, don't you know don't feel that hush those emotions like we literally suppress it as much as we can and what happens is it doesn't go anywhere you know it just builds it builds it builds it builds because now it's a woman with rage you know and we know what a woman with rage looks like so and then we see that in men to where they have moments where they just it's like this bottle cap of soda that's been shooken and shooken and shooken and shooken and shooken and finally pops, you know, but what's happening is all those repressed emotions are finally coming to the surface. And oftentimes it's because those emotions, those emotions are being rejected because of a idea or belief about masculinity that's been shown to these men. So that's happening internally. So we can see how we're suppressing, as men, we're suppressing this feminine principle where, in a way, we're oppressors. So do you see how the outside forces that we see in the world, 
the patriarchy, that this patriarchy exists in every man. On a subtle level, some were, you know, very obvious, but it happens inside of us first. And then it happens out there. Because what's happening out there is where the woman's voice is suppressed. Nobody values the woman. Her truth isn't valued. This is happening inside every man. And some have dismantled and deconstructed this inner patriarchy. But to know that there is a patriarchy that lies within every man. And seeing that, he is always suppressing her voice. He is always oppressing her. Telling her to shh, sit right there, do this, submit to me. Whatever it is, it's happening inside first. And then the world outside confirms it, you know? So most of those models of masculinity are very mind-orientated and they're not balanced at all. So we learn to value that, but never get a representation of what the balance looks like. So this it's the same for the woman. So it's about seeing how can we show up for ourselves by beginning to bring balance into ourselves, beginning to bring balance into this family structure, because this is the mission. We have a responsibility to all aspects of ourselves. And one of the biggest aspects of ourselves is our inner child. But seeing that the inner child only exists with the mom or only exists with the dad. And we want to bring it, we want to have a whole family. We want to bring all of ourselves home so that what happens from that space is we can actually fully actualize our potential. Because to know that we've only been moving with maybe about 25, 50% of ourselves and everything else has been split off and fragmented to welcome that back in. It's like, oh shit, like what will I create then? You know, what relationships will I have then? Right? Because also what happens is if that structure isn't, isn't solid, isn't balanced inside, what happens is mommy within starts to look for daddy outside. So you attract men that are very, very masculine heavy. And in that attraction, that masculine form is also missing that feminine form in himself. But he's like, well, I'm going to look for it outside, not realizing the mission is to find her and bring her back home within. So in our relationships, we're two broken homes trying to build a home together. We both leave our home to come to a broken home. And then every time, of course, we're dissatisfied. Of course, we're disappointed. Of course, we're angry. Of course, we develop resentment for the person is because we left our home to come to another home that also left their home. So it's it's like two homeless people coming together and like, all right, I'm coming, I'm coming to your house. It was like, wait, I'm coming to your house. We, we, of course, we're going to be upset. You know, of course, there's going to be anger that comes up in the relationship because neither of us chose to stay within our home, build our home, and then share that home together. You know, it's like bringing two big ass houses together. 
your shit doesn't go anywhere my shit doesn't go anywhere but we share the space together so it's um it's what Miriam Miriam Hasna says is that love is a shared experience of freedom so what happens is that we're each looking for that principle in each other and so the man is like okay this is happening unconsciously okay like i've rejected this part of myself and let me go find it in the woman let me go find it outside of myself but this is why in part one we talked about we replay mommy and daddy again and again and again in our partners because the part of us that we rejected the child is still reeling it back in in another form so the part that we rejected was the aspects of our mom that we disliked but we find them again and again in another partner or our father and we reel them back in you know through another form so in a way we end up rejecting each other people end up pushing each other away and they don't know how and why they're pushing each other away but what's happening is the the child inside knows who mommy is the child inside knows who daddy is so when somebody comes inside the home and says, "Hey, I'm I'm your new dad." What is the child going to do? Yo, whose man is this? Uh-uh, no. Uh, I'm not. And I see he he got bro, you got to go. You you got to go, but but you got to go. It's only going to reject that person. It's only going to meet them with resistance because it knows that you are not mommy, you're not daddy. Where is mommy and daddy? and it knows that that force can only be called from within so when it sees mommy go outside for it or it sees daddy go outside for it it's only going to meet those who come in with rejection this is all happening unconsciously is that we try to fill those voids for other people as men we come into the relationship with a woman some of us know this some of us don't but we know that there's a part of her that isn't present and most of the time it's that masculine force so we try to fill that void for her we say unconsciously we say oh you know like all right bet you know this is where i can show up this is where i can show up in her life let me be that masculine presence and you know same for a woman she sees that a man is very mind oriented he's very detached from his feelings he's very detached from his emotions and what that cues to her is that oh that feminine principle isn't there you know that balance isn't there but i i can feel that void you know i can feel that void so in each of our partnerships we're trying to fill voids for the other that cannot be filled by another no one can fill that void for us so those who believe and even think that they can we only meet them with resistance but the fact that we also even convince ourselves that another can come in and feel that for ourselves rather than ourselves that's why our relationships you know on a very collective level look the way they look but you see that when somebody recognizes that there is a void present but they don't try to fill it for you they just try to help you reveal it to yourself to try to help you recognize it within yourself that is what we see as the the guru uh, or the teachers we meet them with so much love because they're not trying to fill that for us they're only trying to help us reveal it to ourselves and in that we have such immense love for them so it's about seeing that we can do that in our relationships we can 
become conscious of this thing running and see that, oh shit, my bad, babe. Like I've actually been trying to fill this void for you. How can I show up and help you reveal it to yourself? How can I show up and help you recognize it within yourself? Not in me, because it's not about me. It's about you and you coming back home to yourself. You welcoming mommy back home. You welcoming daddy back home. How can I help you do that? How can I show up in that way? Not, oh shit, let me take this spot. You know, there's a spot opening. Let me, let me, let me take that spot. So it's about inviting a conversation in with yourself and seeing how maybe there are parts of me that I've neglected, rejected, abandoned completely that remind me of some experience that I've had. And I've completely closed the door on that aspect. And can I look at this experience and see it with clear eyes and then start to go through the process of welcoming this aspect back in, welcoming all of me back in. But having a moment of honesty and seeing that I do reject my feelings. I do reject my emotions. I am in my mind a lot. I don't have a really deep connection with my heart space you know, where I am in my heart a lot. My heart is too open. And I've rejected the mind. I've rejected logic. I've rejected reason. I've rejected structure. And having that transparent moment with ourselves and, you know, inviting those tools to help us bring these parts of ourselves back home. Observing in our life where these things come back up to where we're, we see a moment come and we're like, oh shit, I'm rejecting this. Why am I rejecting this experience? Why am I rejecting this part of my partner? You know, why do I have such a distaste for this part of my partner or this aspect of my father? And can I really understand it? Because in that understanding, it will bring understanding to my masculinity. It'll bring understanding to my femininity. And in this brings me closer to wholeness, brings me closer to the fullness of who I am, because that's what I want to live and operate in, in my fullness, not in my fractalized form, you know, or half of me anymore. I don't want to move from half of me. We have a responsibility to all aspects of ourselves. And the biggest aspect of ourselves is that the child within is the biggest responsibility we have. Like that is the first child that is the first child that you have. We have to tend to that. We have to be present for that relationship. And that will reflect how we're present for the second child, which people think is the first child they have, but that's the second child. But it's like, how did you show up for your first child? What's the relationship you have with your first child? Have you been there? Have all of you been there? Have you rejected it? What is the quality of time that you spend with your child? What is the quality of love that you give to this child? What is the quality of attention that you give to this child? Is it undivided? Is it split? Are there always people around? Are there always noise, music, everything else but just you and the child? Is mom home? Is dad home? Are they in the designated positions? So the child really, really is the master because we are realizing with our parents that we're actually the parents in a way we've actually come to teach them something so in the way that we're realizing with our parents that 
we've actually come here to teach them something that we have a message for them. You know, we have something to bring forward to their relationship and really share with them that will truly, truly transform them. But in our experience, we have taken on their beliefs. We have taken on their identities. We've we, we think we're our fathers. We think we're our mothers rather than seeing that we're our mother's child. We're our father's child, not our father. Identifying with who we really are. And once we do that, then we can show up as the parents. Then we can show up with the wisdom. Then we can show up with these new understandings of life that they may not have had the privilege to experience, right? You know, all these things that we're learning about ourselves it's like, whoa, you know, mom never had the chance to learn this. Mom never was given the opportunity to learn that because her reality put her in something else. Her responsibilities became too much and she could never explore this side. We realized, oh shit, like I can share this with mom. I can share this with dad and this will help free them from this thing that they're struggling with. But before we do that, we have to cleanse ourselves of their beliefs of their identities, of what they've learned so that we can take on what we came here to really share with them. You know, so it's the same thing happening inside is the child inside is the master, is the one that will lead us into our potential, that one that will guide us into the path that is destined for us in a way, right? But it needs to be cleared of all of the things that it's accumulated from the world, from the parents, from everything, so that it can return to its original form. And in that return to the original form, it's like, oh, here's the codes. This is how you do that. This is how you get that creation, you know, to bloom in the way that you want. Boom, 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 boom. It just lays out the whole blueprint because it it knows, you know, if you look at a child now, it, there's no... There's no doubt that it's connected to to God. There's no doubt that it knows what it's here to do. There's no doubt that it knows its purpose. But between point A and point B, there is so much that happens in between that disconnects it from all of that, all of the things that it already knows and came here with, all the gifts, it knows all of its gifts. But so it's the same work that we have to do with ourselves. It's we have to free our child from all of these identity. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being present for your own internal story that's unfolding and tending to it, you know, being present with both forces inside of you and showing up for both forces inside of you and that child within you being responsible, right? Being responsible for all aspects of yourself, seeing where other aspects of you've been neglected, seeing where others have been rejected and abandoned and welcoming those parts of you home into the fullness of who you are because that's really all they desire. These parts of you aren't here to re resist you or to bring you pain. They just want to be welcomed into the wholeness of who you are. Every aspect of you longs to be embraced by you, to be held by you. But when you push it away, when you reject it, when you abandon it, when you tell it that it's not beautiful, when you tell it that you don't accept it, what happens is it only grows in its emotion. If it's sadness, it only grows in sadness. If it's anger, it only grows in anger and transforms into rage. So 
you can be that mother and father to these emotions, to these parts of you. If a part of you is screaming, crying for your love, you don't tell it, shut up and go in your room, right? You tell it, oh, baby, come here. Give me a hug. Everything's okay. You welcome it back into the wholeness of who you are. So th this is the same with this mission that we're on. We can be mindful of how we talk to ourselves and how we treat these parts of ourselves. Is this the relationship that I want to continue with myself? If not, then how do I restructure this? How do I develop new forms of communication with myself? How do I love all these parts of me? How do I come to accept them, right? Accept them first and then come to love them. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here and being responsible, you know, being responsible with the, your first child and being there for your first child. I hope this served as a confirmation to continue to dive more into yourself, continue to explore the dynamics of your relationships, the dynamics of your relationship with your parents. And if you're doing this, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'll see you in the next one. May the lotus in you continue to forever bloom. I love you so much. Thank you.